0: Back up, please. Hello everybody. welcome
1: to IndyCast episode number 113. I'm your host, Aditya, and along with me, I have uh, not only Abhishek, but this time we also have uh, Rahul Bosh with
0: us. Hello. Hi, guys.
1: First of all, Rahul, I read your uh, tweet yesterday. You say you are half Bengali, you know, one-fourth Maharashtrian as well. So what is... And one-fourth Punjab. And one foot Punjabi. So, what is all that
0: about? Well, it's on rocket science. My father was Bengali. My mother was half Punjabi, half Maharashtra. Uh, Raul,
2: how would you describe yourself? I mean, you've you've done many things in your life so far. Are you a sportsman who acts a bit or an actor who is socially aware? Because with a resume like yours, if you needed any in the first place,
0: it will flummox many people. Well, uh, the soul of my existence is acting. What comes very, very close to that is um, my sports. Having Mm. played... um, uh, international sport for 10 years and having played rugby for 26. So I think uh, that was simultaneous I and mean, I started acting when I was six and I started playing sport when I was, I guess, four, I remember playing cricket. I cannot imagine a day without sport. I cannot imagine a life without sport. Wherever I go in the world, uh, sport plays a very heavy part of my individual life. It's, it's not about meeting people or socializing. It's about actually playing. And Rugby is just an extension of that psychological pleasure. Today, of course, it would be, he's an actor who's a sports person. And the social activism is something that, you know, I, I don't kid myself.
1: Has it always been there? I mean, I, I, was it was it because your family was, uh, you know... Well, I, I'll
0: answer that question, but what I'm trying to say is from the, from the earlier question. Mm-hmm. I would do it anyway, but I don't kid myself that the reason why I do it to the extent that I do it now is because I make money as an actor. So when I received the Green Eye mm-hmm. for Trophy last year, I said, mm-hmm. you know, it's in my best interests to keep my career going the way it is because, you know, I fund my own um, NGO and, you know, it, it costs me you know, up to 35 lakhs a year and I don't ask for funding. So this is stuff that uh, is very, very, very dependent on me being an actor. Not as in I have to act because I have to fund my NGO, but... It starts from the center of my soul, which is acting. But to answer your question about, was it always present? Did my family do it? The answer is a flat no. My family did not act. My family was not sports crazy. And my family was not philanthropic. The three things that Mm -hmm. define my existence today have got nothing to do with my family. Which is why when people ask me, who are your idols? I'm never mentioning my father or my mother. They weren't bad people. I mean, if three of us were in class together... We would never talk to each other, because we are just completely mm-hmm. different individuals.
2: I'm going to steal a line from one of your interviews that you had with Puja Vedi and Gregory David Roberts where you were lauding uh, uh, Roberts saying that he had he has packed about 10 lives in one lifetime. Now, you've done your bit too and you're not very different either. But you, you've dabbled in boxing, in cricket, we'll come to that. Uh, let's give Aditya the... Yeah,
1: I think, uh, well, let's get into the stories now. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk right, about right. uh, Raoul's various, um, you know, things that he's done in his life through the stories itself. So let's pick up the latest story, the, the hottest story right now that we have in the parliament, in the political circles, is that of the Women's Reservation Bill, which has passed the Rajya Sabha, but is yet to come to the Lok Sabha. And from what I hear is that the Congress is going to go slow once it comes in the Lok Sabha. Is quote unquote on hold. To give you a brief background, uh, the bill is all about 33% reservations for women in the parliament. We saw the reactions that a few MPs had in Rajya Sabha, which was pretty shameful. So, what, what do you, Raul, you are politically inclined as well. You participated in the, in the Lead India campaign that was going on. So what were your reactions? Were you glad that you are not part of that uh, fraternity?
0: Well, first of all, the Lead India campaign is something that I never, ever entered. I was asked to enter. And I was given the impression <laughs> that it was just something that you, you know, put in your resume. You said, you said hello to a few people. And you, know, you were there to just be a kind of an inspiring force. Little did I realize it actually went into answering questions every day. And you day. were competing. And I felt very, very uneasy about that. And I know I'm friends with the people at the Times of India group. So uh, I was, you know, I I went along with it for a while. But when it came to this, the top four leaders in the Western region, and we had this Bandra reclamation debate where we had to convince people in the audience of our abilities. It was also an online campaign where you were being online voted for. And, you know, it was, I mean, this stuff feeds into the competitive spirit of human beings. So it gets exciting. But I was very uneasy about it. So in Bandra reclamation, when I started to speak, I said, I'm not competing. I don't compete against anyone for leadership, for acting, anything. I want everyone here to be a great leader. I want everyone to be a great actor. So I hereby recuse myself from this competition. I'm not competing. Please vote for the other guys. Having said that, let's enjoy the debate. The only only time in my life that I ever get competitive is when I'm on the field. And that too, I get competitive with myself. I have to give a hundred percent. It's a very strange situation. I love to win. But I don't want winning to rob me of my enjoyment of maximizing my potential. Anyway, having said that, let's get back to women. the women's reservation bill. A lot of people have been tweeting and telling me reservations are bad. It encourages weakness. (laughs) You have to understand that not all reservations can be looked at through the same prism. We're not talking about here reservations for people from the sections of the Dalit society that are wealthy, that can afford great education. Why do they need reservation? I understand that the implementation of a reservation system can have its ifs and buts but the basic ethos of having reservation especially for women in politics is because nobody has fielded female candidates nobody does that if they did that there would be no need for this so government steps in to accelerate a social trend that is desirable in society if civil society does not do it on its own So government will step in with the National Rural Employment Mm -hmm. Guarantee Scheme if they find that not enough people in Indian civil society are fostering industry in rural areas. You get my point? That is the only job that government has to do. Government has to make sure it starts a process. So this bill makes sure that you have to find women in one-third seats of this country. Now, I find that there's nothing objectionable about it. Because if you're telling me, that you can't find, forget one third, you can't find a hundred percent eligible, interesting, intelligent, committed female candidates across the country. I'll eat my hat. You and I sitting here can think of five people in our families who have they entered politics would be wonderful, ethical, interesting, passionate, committed, compassionate people. Yeah. So this is to make sure that after sixty-three years of democracy, the message goes out to all the male politicians who control the hegemony, who who have a hegemony out there. I'm sorry, this behavior is not going to continue. You've had not one decade, you've had six decades to to set this right. We've been arguing on this bill for 14 years. If by now women had adequate representation in parliament, we wouldn't be doing this. The only women who get representation in parliament, you will find invariably are from political families. And sometimes some absurd selections are made just so that Ex-politician who is in jail, his wife stands for election. I mean, that is not what we're talking about here.
2: In but fact, back in 1993, we've done this already for the Panchayat Raj, where 33% reservation for women is already there. And apparently the consequences, yes, it has been a mixed, uh, re- uh, mixed results, but there have been places where, you know, women panchayats, the schools have flourished, where women are on the helm. Abhishek, look, it's not about women
0: being better yeah. than men. It is about the fact uh-huh. that now you still have to choose a committed conscientious honest candidate and there might be many women who right. are not committed who are not conscientious who are bloody dishonest accept it that doesn't mean that women will make right. the world better what it means is you have to choose a good candidate amongst women so where i am not for a second mm. saying oh women are better than men and they are more honest i'm saying amongst the 51% of the world's population now you choose or in our case 48% of the world's, of the country's population you have to choose a great candidate. Right. If you can choose out of men, you can certainly choose out of women. Point taken.
1: No, are you
2: your... were... yeah, no. Aditya, sorry, go
0: ahead.
1: Uh, what I was going to say is that in this whole thing, Lalu and Mulayam Singh, Yadav, they have come out to be the villains. And if you really look at what these guys are saying, they aren't completely off the mark with their uh, remarks there. I mean, Lalu himself is saying that he favors 10 to 15 percent women. But what happens next? I mean, Muslim uh, minority class is going to come up. Are we gonna set aside a reservation quota for them them as well? So where does it look this you can stop
0: it doesn't it doesn't it stops right here. It stops right here because if then if you as the JDU or you as the Congress want to keep some seats for a Muslim minority or a Dalit minority or whatever or a lower caste minority, go right ahead. Right. Nobody's asking not to do that. This doesn't have to be national policy. So and, I don't see what the argument is.
1: And, and that is what Mulayam Singh Yadav is saying. It, you know, he's in the favor of making it mandatory for political parties to give 10% of election
0: tickets so then, to women. So then come, come into parliament, table a bill and a table a resolution and have people vote on it. Nobody's saying don't do that. This is a democracy. If you feel that women's reservation is not only enough, you need to reserve within this reservation. Don't start shouting right this. Go to parliament. It's absolutely fine. What irks me the most is this right. debate has been on for 14 years. There have been standing committees, re-reviewing committees, Falana, Dhimka, what have you done? And w- it's not done Where was all done. this debate at the time? So I can only imagine that this is either it's a classic knee-jerk reaction or it is political posturing. And I can guarantee you this, the postures that you're reading about or you read about two hours after the bill was passed in the Rajya Sabha, right. those postures will undertake at least two if not three changes.
1: And that is what is going to happen. Now the law ministry has prepared two drafts. No, not the
0: posture from the ruling party. The posture from people who have raised their voices against this. You will watch how ideologically they will be shifting and moving and changing depending on where the wind blows.
1: So they are going to be changing camps. You,
0: You just wait and watch because when you don't give something so complex, a considered thought, then you come up with one reaction and you suddenly find, oh my God, you know, but maybe this should be it. Already we are seeing changes.
2: Right. In fact, one thought that was very considered by Lalu Yadav When he made one of his objective opinions is that uh, he said that the election commission and Aditya was telling me this uh, before, that the election commission must make it compulsory for men and women, equal number of men and women to contest the election. So if you make it compulsory there, let the people choose the best candidates that they are, like you mentioned some time back, Rahul. I mean,
0: honestly, right now, there'll be 55 theories thrown up, but I'm solidly behind the 33 and one third percent reservation for women candidates. There's no question. After 63 years, we have failed to implement this, and we should be ashamed of ourselves, implement this ourselves. And therefore, if this is something that ideologically, just like is happening in America, it's a Keynesian thing. Government steps Mm -hmm. in when civil society fails to show the basic responsibility and compassion a society should have towards an equal playing field for all. Whether it's Narega or whether it's Women's Reservation Bill, I'm solidly behind both. I basically believe that government should step in first to ensure a level playing field in terms of education, health and employment at the very basic level. After that, if you are more hardworking than me or Abhishek is luckier than me or a third person has a rich father, that's different.
2: So it all comes down to the basic level playing field where everyone has equal opportunities. It doesn't all come down to that. Uh-huh. It is
0: it is a fundamental outlook of how you look at life and living on this planet. Should everyone have a basic equal platform. And I think, yes, Yes. everybody should have a shirt on their back. Everybody should have three meals to eat and everybody should have minimum secondary education.
2: Rahul, uh, just moving ahead slightly forward. uh, As a celebrity, the media has had uh, its eyes on the causes that you choose generally. Sometime back what happened was when Sachin said, uh, he said that don't be wasting water. I myself uh, don't take showers, but I uh, take a bath in a bucket. And then the MNS and a couple of political parties said, you know what, Sachin doesn't know what he's talking about. Uh, today we don't have water to drink and he's talking about we wasting water on bathing. So, two completely different, what Sachin wanted to say is conserve water and MNS had its own objective here. So, as celebrities, when these things happen, uh, how do you cope with this or how do you deal with this or do you even care about these things when people don't take it in the right spirit, the cause that you stand for?
0: First of all, nobody's ever raised their voice against me for anything because I'm a blissfully, thankfully, desperately insignificant player, which is, which is lovely. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not famous enough to talk about. Which you're you're is, being uh, very you know, modest. Just, I guess
1: I agree with that. No, Mr. I'm not.
0: No, I, I promise you, I'm not. I'm being extremely realistic. Ask any of your listeners, or tweeters, or readers, or whoever they are out there in the ether. Mm-hmm. I'm not big enough. I, I, there's not a single controversy around me, not because I don't speak my mind, but because I slip under the radar. You know when somebody like but does it work for Sachin you? So does it, does it, does it help you? Superbly. That's not to say if I, if I suddenly became mm-hmm. a superstar. Uh, of which the chances are as much of me uh, playing the NBA, then, um, you know, I, I would uh, I would still speak the same way. Uh-huh. But to answer your question, first of all, Indians take offense at anything. It's become the new fashion to take offense at anything. So if you say that in, in a pack of playing cards, I love spades, somebody will say, my God, how can he say he loves spades when heart is a, of this, as a, as a symbol and the emblem of this country? <laughs> and I can't believe he said spades. Spades is the, you know, the great evil Hitler used to play with spades. I mean, forget it. It's you're not going to win this. debate. So you just have to be extremely, extremely morally certain of your compass, of what you believe, and whether you've been true to those beliefs. And every single day, guys, I can tell you this, it especially in a city like Bombay, which is so politically turbulent, which is so incredibly unsympathetic to people like you and me, ordinary citizens. It is it is also a hostile place for ordinary citizens. Most of all, because we don't seem to have protection from anyone in a place like this. To keep your moral center, to always focus, and you're living by a certain moral code is extremely important.
1: Yes, but Rahul, on, on, Raul, on, on the same you... same thought, it's becoming very difficult for you know ordinary citizens to to maintain a moral uh, balance in their life now.
2: Yes. C- continuing from where Aditya left, uh, you see, you spoke about morality, and I just saw one of your speeches on YouTube where you are addressing Bits Pilani. And you had written a have beautiful a speech uh, where you said that I have a dream. Yes, absolutely. My dream I for told India. You that I have a dream that, yes, I, I dream for India. I have a dream that the 2611 attack on Bombay will spur the civil society to unite. You know, Aditya and I have been guilty on many occasions of uh, going on a big rant saying that the, the government doesn't know what, what it's doing. We travel in local trains. We could be blasted before we know anything. Our parents would not know where we are. Now, how do you expect, Rahul, as a common man, to be sane, to be moral, and to hope? ...against hope that that we have in Mumbai right now? This is the
0: central question that you ask because it's the most... ...it is the only question worth asking for anybody who's a a Mumbaiker, Bombayite, Bombayah... ...call it what you will. The shortest answer I can give to start with is... ...it has never been more difficult for an ordinary common person... ...to hold on to her or his moral centre in this city than now. Forget about going back to history. I'm 42, let's go back to 1992 that's 18 years ago i was 20 24 the riots happened and as yet not fully proved but certainly there have been allegations of people in the police force having aided and abetted right-wing hindu forces in targeting of muslim populations in the city after the riots happened we were wondering the congress is in power who is doing this what is going on then the bomb blasts happened nothing absolutely nothing and nobody came to the rescue of either the Muslim common man or the common man standing in Zaveri Bazaar. After that, and this is decade after decade. After that, we've had Valentine's Day, uh, card owners, card stores being smashed. Nothing happened. Then we have taxi drivers being targeted. Nothing's happened. Just about anything happens in this city and you get the sense that the common man has nobody on their side. Amongst the four political parties that are playing, uh, in, you know, the scenario in this state and in this city, nobody comes right. to your rescue. So at that point, when you you start saying, "Chhoro office ban karke why? Because you have kids, because you have a wife, because you have a two BHK in thana, because you have a, a you know a, a, a limited amount of money which you use to catch a a, a bus or a train and send your kids to school. Okay. You know, Kumar Ketkar's Uh, home gets uh, 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 vandalized. When this entire my name is Khan thing happened, I wrote an article on the front page of Hindustan Times saying, fantastic. This is the first time in my history in this city in 42 years that the state has actually implemented law and order. And when you did, the Mumbaikar came out and watched the film. But you cannot expect if you don't supply law and order for me to come out. I'm very clear that if there wasn't law and order, the Mumbaikar would not have stepped out. Now we come to the point of the moral center. Exactly the question you're asking. How on earth can you Mm -hmm. expect people to keep their morals alive when their families' lives are at stake? My answer to that is, if you don't keep your morals, whatever your morality is, truth, justice, compassion, love, fair play, uh, rock and roll, whatever your morality is, if you don't look at that, then how will your family look at you or how will you look at your family in the eye? I'll give you another example. Remember that watchman who stopped some district magistrate mm-hmm. in Lucknow, asked him for his identity card or something like that, and the district magistrate slapped him just last month in Lucknow yeah. right, and right, put him yeah. in jail. Right. I think he was a darwan and they put him in jail. It was on television, this district magistrate slapping this man. Now, just for a second, put yourself in the shoes of the son of this darwan. And he asked his father, Ki, Papa, aapko, uh, us admi ne thappar and actually, the, what the father should be answering is, kyaunki maine apna kaam kiya aur wo hai. What did he say? He must have said, nain, nain, ko, baat do. Because when you interviewed him, when he was behind bars, when the television cameras went there and said, aapko You have terrorized that man. And in that one instant, you have obliterated any self-respect that poor man used to have for himself so that in front of his son, all he'll say is, forget about it. Let's go. Let's go to the market. Let me buy you a, a toffee. Forget about it. This is what we do. This is what breaks mm. me. When you make two farmers eat your feces because you have accused them of robbing your goats and you lock them in the back of your farmhouse and you make them eat your feces for, a, for, for two or three days, that's the absolute demolition of the human spirit. And it happens in this country every day. So what I'm saying is, the only thing, therefore, you have is your moral code. And I can, you can quote me and I'll stand by this till the day I die. I will die by my moral code, but I'm not going to compromise. Oh.
2: You know, it reminds me of a definition that they taught us in economics, where every definition starts with the caveat that other things remaining the same, and then you, you have the law. So whatever happens around you, if you have your that's that's what you stand by is, is what I hear and can't question you very much because you also go down at the grassroots level and have made a few changes. Uh, unlike maybe a few of many of us who keep talking. So I, I guess Aditya, it's time to move I, on. To, yeah,
1: I think. I, to what, yes, yeah. let's actually move on. Uh, and it's going to be a difficult transition from this uh, intense topic that we were just discussing. <laughs> so,
0: you know. Look, but, such, you know, moral code. <laughs> I will die by it. and yeah. My family will die by it. Break my house. Suddenly going to go, so how is it working with Malika Shiravat? Yeah. Well, that... you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: so, you know, the Oscars just happened and uh, Avtar didn't do that well. You know, instead, Hurt Locker and uh, Abhishek tells me that it is the smallest uh, film that actually did so well at Oscars.
0: Guys, you're very clever. You're asking me a question, you know, that's going to drive me crazy. Uh,
1: ah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: The Oscars drives me crazy. And I'll explain again. All of India suddenly became very patriotic and tricolor painted on the cheeks about 10 years ago, post-liberalization India. Sir, chin, sir, give me an S. You know, we won six, sir. All this bull- bullshit, nonsensical patriotism came about. But let's talk about the true sense of what this country is. What are the Oscars? The Oscars are awards given to English language cinema in the world. Correct? Now, if you know mm-hmm. and I know that for the last at least 15 years, the best cinema in the world has not been in English. Whether it is Amelie, whether it is Amores Peros, whether it is City of God, whether it is Pedro Almodovar's films or Lars von Trier's Dancer in the Dark, you look at all the great cinema, Filipina cinema, which not many people know about, Korean cinema, Japanese cinema. If you look at all the cinema in the world and you were to judge the English films would probably be 10% of the lot. Yeah. So therefore, first the Oscars are going to be lauding 10% of the greatest world cinema. Hmm. Inside that, they have one award for best foreign language film. And the winner is Argentina. Are, what do you mean the hmm. winner is Argentina? Argentina has not made that film. An Argentinian has made that film. Or more specifically, right. somebody has made a film in the native language of Argentina. So who the hell are you to judge 90% of world cinema that's better than anything that the Hurt Locker or the Avatar can hope to be? It's an American award. Let it be an American award. You don't have to tell me that A.R. Rahman is a wonderful film composer by giving him an Oscar. I knew that with Roja. You don't have to tell me Rasul Pakuti is one of the best uh, sound recordists and designers on the planet because I used him and everybody says I'm fine 10 years ago. So what are you telling me? What am I going to you for? Mm-hmm. It is not a world stage. It is an American stage and if you go to America and you speak to industry insiders in America, it is a West Coast American award. It's not even Mm. East Coast. Hurt Locker and Avatar are two decent films in an otherwise great year of world cinema. That's all I'll say. I mean, therefore, honestly, our national awards or any of the award ceremonies we have is as good or as bad. As the, as the Oscars.
1: But Rahul, you have to admit that you are probably the minority who thinks that. That there are many people in Hindi cinema who look for probably approval from the West for the work that they have done. A.R. Rahman himself has been quoted, I, I don't know in which uh, magazine or publication now, but he is more inclined to do an international appearance than in India.
0: Look, there may be many reasons for A.R. Rahman to say that. I, I don't even know, frankly. For example, if you want to become a Winter Olympic luge right. uh, uh, um, right. competitor then don't sit in india go abroad okay if you want to challenge yourself in rugby union then don't sit in india go and play in england go and play in New Zealand so if you want to challenge yourself in sound recording and if tomorrow Rasul or Vikram or whoever these great sound recorders are if they turn around and say the best sound recordists sit in Canada go to Canada. They can Oscars Hu, to iska hai ki I'm appreciating the best cinema in the world galat hai. You are appreciating What 800 people think Is the best English cinema Out of the English films in the world So you know Let's, let's keep it in perspective yaar. They just happen to have the money And they have mm. the most glittering show That's all But tomorrow if you put up as glittering a show What has Indian cricket done? We are now the Absolutely. Oscars no?
1: yeah.
0: right? yes. We flipped it around yes. It's a question of money and power guys People should wake up and smell the coffee It's an old trick
1: <laughs> so, tell me, tell me what, what are the chances of The Japanese Wife, your forthcoming film, uh, making it to the Oscars?
0: You know my feelings about it, so don't drive me crazy. 1st I'm not going to do that again.
1: But, T- tell me, what was the first phone call? How was the movie introduced to you?
0: Before I do that, let me first say, The Japanese Wife is a very entertaining movie. End of story. Art house cinema mm-hmm. or commercial cinema, all cinema should make you sit there with your eyes wide open and your hand stuck halfway between your mouth and the back of of popcorn because you're just transfixed. Mm-hmm. So Japanese wife is that kind of film, first. Second, it is world cinema in the sense that there are no songs and dances. And it's arthouse because arthouse cinema by its definition is it doesn't follow any formula. So you're just wondering, Aage kya hoga in this lo- is love story. Mein? What the hell? This is so crazy. But it's so wonderful. The Japanese wife, if it ever went for the Oscars, has to go through, you know, there's a Film Federation of India and the and the Producers Guild and they all have, I think there's a, a certain body that looks at Indian films and decides which will be our Oscar entry. I couldn't care less. But yes, if this film was to get the closest thing we have to the World Cinema Awards is the Golden Palm, Palm d'Or at Cannes, the Golden Bear uh, at Berlin or the Golden Lion in Venice. This is the closest you can get. To everyone entering their films on the world stage and competing, if art can compete against art, which I don't think is possible, but competing for a prize. So that would be the more relevant stage for this film. Having said that, Mm -hmm. it is by far and away, guys, the best film and the finest film I have ever been a part of. And it's by far and away Mm -hmm. the best work I've done. Whether you like it, like my work or not, you can say Rahul is terrible in all his films. But I'm sure you'll say he's least (laughs) terrible in this (laughs) This is something that I think I'm pretty confident. I am pouring my heart and soul into the publicity of this film in the next three or four weeks. Uh, I've begun mm-hmm. to tweet and and Facebook, and I sh- completely honestly broke down and confessed in front of uh, the internet. I said I'm doing this because of Japanese wife. In the process, I've begun to enjoy the interactions. But honestly, somebody mm-hmm. as techno scared and you know, I'd much rather you know be in the Andamans or you know work on secularism in Ahmedabad, but I'm doing it because of the film. It's it's a luminous, beautiful film, and uh, the mm. marketing budget is the size. It'll probably just about buy you half a burger at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, Rahul, I had, this, I had this question for a long time that I've been waiting to ask you, and I guess this is the time. How do you prepare for any role? Now, we've heard about people like De Niro out there in the U.S. He drove a, a cab in New York while he was researching for the work for Taxi Driver. Now, as a common man, uh, have you done something as crazy as that for preparing for any of your roles? What is so crazy about that?
0: that... No, What is crazy about Uh, that? If you're going to be a taxi driver, you have to drive a taxi. Uh... Except that here, if you grow a mustache, it becomes a great symbol of your commitment to cinema. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) What is this country? We have the hardest working, the most skilled, the most humble, the most desperately industrious workers, handloom. Folk theatre, our musicians, classical music, the gharana culture, for years they do this and we say nothing. But when an actor suddenly grows 18 more hairs on his upper lip, oh my God, or puts on 2 kilos or gets ripped muscles, we're like, oh my God, this is real dedication to your craft, man. No, it's not, man. You know, what you got to do is you got to do. So it's ridiculous. So if Om pulled a thela to uh, prepare for City of uh, uh, Joy... Or if uh, Robert De Niro drove a cab, you have to do this. This is your bloody craft. You have to master it. Mm. People are paying 250 bucks, you know, to walk in and see your film nowadays. So first of all, I think that that's shirking your responsibility and shameful if you don't do that stuff. But if you ask me how I approach a role as a kid, and I'm sure you guys might agree with me. As kids, all we love to do was play other people. You know, I'm Superman, hmm. I'm Batman, I'm the doctor. We yeah. won't get into doctor, doctor, but you get my point. Yeah. Now, when, when, <laughs> when, if, <laughs> when,
1: you're,
0: when you're a kid and you're paying some, somebody else, what you're trying to do is you're trying to, you're trying to fool people that you're actually this other person. So what I love in my films is the first discussions I have on my character. I'm playing Snehomoy. Snehomoy Chatterjee, who is a boy from rural Sundarbans. He's from a village. He has no parents. His parents died when he was very young. He lives with his Masi. Okay. Has he ever had sex? Don't be silly. Rahul, he can't have sex. He's alone. Okay. Fine. Has he visited prostitutes? No, he's too shy for that. What music does he listen to? Music? There's only a battered radio at home. So some old Bengali music. Okay. Who are his friends? He's very shy. I told you Rahul, he has no friends. How did he survive in class and school? He was an introvert. He used to read books and be called the class pansy. Okay. Fine. That I understand. Now, what is it about this boy that makes him write pen friend letters? Yeah. Loneliness, a certain curiosity, Raul. he used to find these, you know, uh, magazines lying in his college dormitory. So he's to uh, uh, picked up one of those. Okay. Fair enough. Why does he keep writing to her? Are he? She's a girl. It's quite thrilling. He's fascinated. She's from Japan. He's seen some photographs of Japan in some article in some Bengali newspaper one day. So he's quite fascinated. That's why he does it. Okay, fine. Now, Tell me more about this guy. What does he eat? Why are you wasting my time? He eats village food. What is village food? Give me village food. Okay. It is this kind of rice. It is this kind of fish. It is this kind of dal. It is this kind of... All right, fine. What does he do in the day? Does he play any sport? Now you're really irritating me, Rahul. What do you mean play any sport? There's no sport there. What does he do? But you know what, Rahul? Come to think of it, he swims. Eh? But he's not athletic. These boys all jump into the pond behind their house and they swim and they pick fish and all that stuff. It's, it's, it's part of their lives. So, actually, he is quite a natural swimmer. Ah, so he won't be, a, you know, he, he won't be completely indolent and completely lazy. No, he's not. In the film, I notice uh-huh. that you have him doing push-ups. Why is he doing push-ups? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a tough question. He's doing push-ups, Rahul, because in his school, there is a PT class. And he used to be the PT master before he became the maths teacher. Ah, now we are talking. So, there's some physical culture. Yeah, you can say like in a Gandhian way, he looked after his body. You know what I mean? It's not for anybody else. It's just for his basic fitness. You know, Acha, okay. So, then that shows that he's not a complete wimp. He's a little bit of a, yeah, you can say. Recluse. So, can we build it? Sorry?
1: A recluse is what I say.
0: He's a recluse, but he looks after himself. So, then you start doing Abhishek. You start piecing together Mm -hmm. this character. In his free time, what does he do? In his free time, I think he would draw the various butterflies that are outside his house over the years. Ah, so he likes to draw. Yes, that's interesting. He likes to draw. He draws butterflies, and so yeah. So you start getting an idea of this human being. Do you ever see him drawing butterflies in the film? No. Do you ever see him swimming in the in the in the pond? No. But you, when you meet this boy you get a sense of the weight and the density of the character. Then later on, if there is a book of butterflies scrapbook in his room, the audience can't know it, but they say, they, they somehow realize that, ha, this is ke ye fit. With this this is this 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 it is absolutely real. It's absolutely true. Then if Aparna tells me, now, as the as the ball is uh, uh, as he passes the schoolyard and the cricket ball is thrown, he will leap and he will catch it. I'll say no, no. It's okay. Hmm. He swims and does a few push-ups, but he's not played cricket. I don't believe he'll have yeah. that kind of athleticism. Or that in Calcutta, when the taxi driver asks him for one hundred eighty rupees, you know, he'll turn around and uh, he'll say, "Kya re? main nahi that's not his character. Then, since I know him, since the day he was born. I know him to the day the film started. I know this boy. I know a right mm. move and a wrong move. And therefore, I will then become a partner with the director in making this guy live and breathe.
2: Oh, well, these are acting oh. lessons that people would pay money for. And I'm, I'm not trying to put you on here, brilliant, beautiful, and I'm sure you would be having a very hard time with Aparna, with whom you've worked three times now, in trying to convince her, no, this is not what I'm going to do here, this is not what the scene demands, has that happened any time?
0: We have, we, have, we have legendary fights, <laughs> Our fight, I mean, uh, people in the unit suddenly all so disappear, because we would be fighting with each other, and uh, you know, I, I, I love her to death, there are few people uh, in this world, who I have so much of a mix of uh, compassion, love, admiration, warmth, friendship, She's just, she's, she's, you know, she's a cool chick. She's a cool chick. You know, she's, she's got it together. And uh, I think Indian cinema needs to give her many more crores to make much better films in terms of their finish and mm. things. You know, she, 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 she works with budgets. But uh, what a storyteller she is. You know, she's a funny, hardworking, thoughtful, sensitive lady. You know, her daughter's a rock star, the most talented Indian actress in history. Also one of the funniest people I know, Konkona. The family is wonderful. Konkona is... Um, husband Kolan and I have uh, worked in a film together called Antohin in which Aparna was also there. So, you know, it, it's, it's lovely going to that family and mm-hmm. they also have the best Bengali food. So, my Bengali side <laughs> in Calcutta runs to Aparna's house to have, uh, to have Bengali food because it reminds me so much of my dad's cooking.
2: You, you make it sound as if it's very simple and very fun. Oh, uh, God,
0: forget about work. I, even, even the social work, the six kids from the Andamans we have at Rishi Valley, or the work with the child sexual abuse counseling center we've put up, or uh, that's my foundation, or uh, the rugby. I mean, which part of my life is difficult? It's just mm. massively pleasurable. Right. You know, people see me as this really serious guy who's always got a serious face, who's always pontificating on different topics. That might be because people ask me serious stuff. But if you want to just, you know, <laughs> shoot the peas and gas and just hang out, I know I, you should ask my rugby boys. There's We, we say the most politically incorrect, misogynistic, completely scandalous we have different sides to our lives here yeah. i mean you know, the guy in prk side effects is not a guy who came from nowhere there has to be some germ yeah. some seed somewhere inside you you can't just you know suddenly although after snehamoy chatterjee japanese wife i don't know what germ of him is in me but you get my point <laughs> i just want to i before i go i want to say one thing which is i am a product of a family in a country at a time when i had the Maharashtra, punjabi and bengali influence in equal measure we used to spend our Ganesh holidays in Kolhapur, where I have my ancestral house, my grandfather's house. Uh, he was in the army, and that's where his house is. And Jai Mangal Murti used to be sung every day in the temple room, and Modak, and Poha, and Puranpoli uh, and uh, uh, you know uh, uh, the classic Kolhapuri mutton. Everything used to be had. Picnic <laughs> at Panhala. Then for my summer holidays, we used to go to Kasoli, which is in Himachal, because my Punjabi side of the family wanted a summer home. These are the side that fled from Lahore, my mother's mother. Next door were the Kangs, who were Sardar's, uh, Prabjot and Harjot. And we used to, those were my friends. So I grew up every summer with them. And we used to, I used to hang out in their house all the time. And there was Satsang, and Praathe, and Lassi, and khao and Turbuj lelo and stuff like that. So I grew up, <laughs> even till today, my mother, I mean, I sleep best in a family, in a room where there are lots of women speaking Punjabi. Because that's the way my mother used to be, you know, when she was alive with her friends. And then we used to go for puja holidays to Kolkata. So there it was all about Mishti and Khabar and going to the Pandals and seeing these improbably massive, you know, statues of this demonic goddess and seeing roshagolla and Pantua made into airplanes or Skylabs, depending on what the theme was for that year. And it was insane because I had the three Ks in my life before Ekta Kapoor. I had Kolhapur, Kolkata and Kasoli. (laughs) And it was superb! Oh, it was the way to grow up. And then I was in Bombay and I had four best friends. Two were Parsi's, our Parsi's, Cyrus Mehta and Cyrus Tarapurwala. Nasir Khan, who's a Muslim, and Vinay Dubey, who's a UP Brahmin. I didn't know what the religions were. I only knew come Eid, there is biryani and kebab at Nasir's house. Anytime I want, there's puri aloo in Vinay's house. Anytime I want, there is patrani machi and there are cutlets to be had at either of the Cyrus's place. And this is how I grew up. With sport, and with this with food and there was not a i mean all religions we were close to and all religions we were far away from if you know if you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. and it is that we were a middle class family we drove for holidays we didn't go i had i never went abroad i could never afford it we got into our ambassador and we drove across karnataka one holiday tamil nadu one holiday andhra one holiday kerala one holiday uh, parts of maharashtra one holiday we went to kashmir one holiday Three, four weeks we would spend, if you ask me about Salem, mm-hmm. Rameshwaram, Madurai, Tanjore, you know, a Kokarnag, Gulmag, uh, you know, uh, uh, eating a Swadhya meal in Kerala, all these are memories of my childhood. To North Bengal, we drove all the way up to the Bhutan border to actually get, to embrace everything that was this country and that 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 can still be this country is, believe me, that's all I want for this country, for people to be... To be able to taste the salt of this country, to be able to hang out with kings and paupers. To, to, because nobody is a king mm-hmm. and a pauper unless you know what the size of their heart is. And to really, really, really relax and be happy. And don't waste time with hatred. I mean, I know it sounds really like a class sermon. But the truth is, that's how I grew up. With a sun on my back and a cricket bat in my hand, yeah. now Yet you choose rugby over cricket.
2: That's another story. All I together. chose it for the wrong reasons He's when I was 14 money, because all
0: the chicks loved it. Oh, so because right. the girls loved it, ah. I, you know, I went ah. into. It. I guess, I guess then boxing when I got in, same, same boxing and all my my sporting choices after I was 13 was only determined by how many how many chicks would come for that game. Right. <laughs> so I just wanted the girls, the girls, the girls. You know, you, after 15 you go girl crazy. Your hormones just don't rest till you're 91.
1: Yeah, I mean you, you, the priorities were. I, Right, you know, I think yeah.
0: So, But of course, then I realized the beauty you know in, in rugby. Yeah.
2: But you know, your mom would not be very happy with you coming home with broken bones, broken nose. So you had a hard time as a yeah. kid. No, you're
0: all wrong. My mom was the one who pushed me to play rugby. She was the Punjaban. Yeah. Oh, really? She was the one who sent me out to be a man. <laughs> that fits in. In my, that's why I, I worked on gender equality first when I became uh, socially aware. Because my mother was mm-hmm. the man in the family. She used to, uh. she never entered the kitchen in her life. She forced me to go and play rugby, to box, to be a man, into inverted commas, and to read, read, read. My father mm. wanted me to keep playing cricket with a cap so my skin would not become dark. My father used to prepare the lunch boxes for my sister and me. He used to give us oil massages on Sunday, and he used to take me shopping because the man in the house used to go shopping for the house,
1: yeah. a
0: Bengali in Bengali families. So on Sundays, I used to go with him shopping for the house. The rin, the debt, the surf, the kisan jam, the the tomato sauce, the bread, the biscuit. I watched meat being cut, fish being cut. I watched how I know how to buy mutter, how to buy bhindi, how to buy turai. Because I grew up with, with a man who used to shop for the house. So I thought that all men were like this and all women were like my mom. She smoked, she drank, yeah. she never went to the kitchen. She was full on. She was like a raccounter. She was charismatic. And she wanted me to be a man. So... And then when I came out into the world and I found it's really not this way, uh, you know, I was like, wow, I I kind of had it slightly better at home. So I'm not saying that I want to make everyone like my mom or everyone like my dad. But I think there's no reason why men can't be sensitive enough to make a lunchbox for their kids or to give them oil massages. And women can't be uh, masculine enough or certainly have some of the traditional masculine traits and say, all right, you know, let the kid go. Let the kid go and break his nose. Yeah, that's the way it is. You know, whenever we used to go on holiday, we used to be thrown out of the house at 10.30 in the morning after breakfast, asked to come back at 1. At 2 o'clock, we had to sit inside the house and read. 4 o'clock, you have to get out and come back only at sunset. You had to get out of the house. You could not sit at home. So, 4-5 hours a day, we were out. And so, we had to invent games for ourselves and do stuff. And, you know, that's how we lived. Oh. Guys, I've been dabbling oh, okay. like a madman. I, th- I think you got to go. No,
1: We've been talking for the past hour now and I think you've got to go. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your time and we hope you come back uh, sometime again. You know, we'll try to get we'll get you back. We'll, we'll try to get the rugby playing uh, Rahul Bose in this time. The next time, I mean.
0: You know how slim the chances of that are. You know how the politeness, how people say, Hey, listen, we must catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a call, man. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, so I'm going to give that to you. Hey, we must catch up. Yeah, give me a call. Yeah, sure, man. Aditya. Hey, Abhishek, good to see you, man. Hey, dude. Yeah, yeah. Don't be silly. Yeah, just give me a call. Okay. Yeah. Okay. With
1: anyway, that, right, thanks, guys. A lot. Um, and go watch, go watch The Japanese Wife. It's, yes, uh, The Japanese uh, Wife releases
0: on... on April 9th. Oh, my God. My producers will kill me. Exactly. The Japanese Wife releases on April 9th. Please go watch it. It's about the most crazy extents you will go to keep your love alive and kicking so it is fierce gentle aching beautiful all the women out there go in there and take your boys your men your fathers your brothers to see this film because if you're certain about seeing a film men will never argue go ahead and do it thank
1: you you're appealing to the right audience that's about it for Indicast episode number
0: 113 bye-bye